the point of hospitality is to make others feel comfortable and welcome, right? Is to bring people in. But you also have to remember the other people you live with, that's also the purpose of the space. Mm-hmm. And so just understanding that sometimes they need their comfortable and safe place at that time and taking that in consideration, even though you do want to welcome people in, especially if the other person definitely doesn't want somebody in their space mm-hmm. and in hostile. And you really do just have to get creative with it. Mm-hmm. And just pray. Yeah. Because the Lord, either he will change their heart or he will change yours. Mm-hmm. So either one works, right? Yeah. <laughs> that is so true. Hello, friends, and welcome to Always Invited, a podcast by the Art of Hospitality Co. I'm your host, Kenzie Peters. And I'm your other host, Bella Ponce. We're just two friends with a passion for making people feel valued and empowering them to do the same. Hospitality has become a lost art form in our generation, and it's time we reclaim it for what it was truly designed to be. Learn and grow with us as we talk about the purpose, posture, and practice of biblical hospitality alongside other women who inspire and model a lifestyle of service. So, come on in, pull up a chair, and remember, you're always invited. Welcome back to the Always Invited podcast, episode two of season two. We're so excited to be here and be chatting with a dear friend today about loving our neighbor and hospitality in all different areas of our life. And before we jump into all of that and who we're, who we have the pleasure of talking to, um, first, Bella, let's just acknowledge the elephant in the room that this is our first episode recording not in the same room that's weird (laughs) so sad it's very sad tell the people why i mean i think they probably know but tell them why uh i'm now living in california and ken's is preparing to move back to waco so this is us settling into a new rhythm of future recordings for the podcast so it's going to be all on googled meets the show must go on the show must um go on. yes probably when they're listening to this i'll be back in texas um but we're gonna make this work and keep chugging along bella how do you feel about being home it has been sweet but also sad i miss everyone oh also, I was in Riverside this past weekend visiting Ken, so I got to see all my old CBU friends, which was also sad because I was just like, man, reminiscing big, big trip down memory lane and makes me thankful for the present, but also very sad. But it's yeah. been enjoyable being back. Um, How do you feel like you're going to take the things that we learned in Texas, the amazing hospitable people, the culture we were a part of, how are you like motivated to bring this back to California, which is the opposite? Absolutely. Um, I would say something that I really admired in Waco within the church community is that regardless of any church that you went to, there was a body that was unified in the fact that they were all believers. So we would go to young adult events and there would be people from churches all over showing up to these young adult events. And it was a great opportunity. And I think for me, it illustrated the embodiment of like, wow, this is the church 
and we are all going to be in heaven worshiping the Lord together. And mm-hmm. I don't think I necessarily see that um, in my hometown. And so wanting to kind of spark um, ideas to do something similar here, which would be really cool. And also, I think settling back into living with my parents and learning how to be hospitable to them because they are my parents and Mm -hmm. they're also roommates. So Mm -hmm. how can I serve them taking the experience of what I learned back in Waco and bringing that back here? Just two things that come to mind. That's good. That's humbling to serve your parents again. It's not easy. (laughs) Even being back here for three weeks I'm reminded of that like once you move out it's so much harder to come back and they're your roommates and treat them with the same honor and sacrifice you would roommates your own age it's hard but you got this I can't wait to see what God does in this next season even though it's going to look a lot different and it'll be challenging but sweet I'm sure um yeah so that just brings me to who we're interviewing today. Um, a sweet friend that I love so dearly, um, Genevieve Lopez. I keep wanting to call her Santoyo still because she got married last year. And that's yeah. how I met her. We haven't hit the year mark yet. Oh, that's right. But in, in a week. <laughs> so, yes. Um, but Genevieve is just the essence of hospitality. And that's why I wanted to bring her on the podcast and pick her brain about the experiences and um, things that God's taught her along the way to form her into the person she is. But brief background, um, Genevieve and I met my sophomore year of college uh, at CBU. And nonetheless, through COVID, when everything was online, Zoom University, and you would think it'd be impossible to meet a new friend over Zoom, but somehow the Lord used a semester online to start our friendship. Um, we had a design class together. And I just remember observing her for those basically three months. Like, we didn't really talk one-on-one. It was just, like, the group setting of the professor asking everyone how their weekend was or, like, how they're doing, like, mentally, being COVID world, um, and just observing her and listening to her responses over those three months. I, like was just impressed or like drawn to her charisma and personality about what her about who she was and it just made me want to be her friend um and so towards the end of the semester all the girls in our class met up in person at a coffee shop just because we're like we have to meet each other we've been like looking at each other's faces for so long um and so by the end of that hangout we like were in mutual agreement that we wanted to hang out again and that we wanted to be friends which was just kind of bizarre it was like we just had a mutual understanding that we needed to be friends. So then the following um, spring semester, we hung out in person and the rest is history. The last three years has been a joy to know and love her and seeing her heart for people um, and the Lord overflow into every area of her life, including school, now her full-time job, her friendships, her marriage and her church, to name a few. Um, she has a heart for hospitality in all of those spaces, simply just valuing people and offering them a sense of belonging. And she's taught me so much. I'm always inspired and challenged by being her friend. So without further ado, I can't wait for you all to be encouraged by her as she shares some experiences again of the last few years that have shaped her passion for hospitality and sacrificial service. 
hot. <laughs> so, Genevieve, can you start by sharing, sharing your background a little bit about who you are and the season of life you're in? Yeah, so, I mean, I'm originally from San Diego um, and then moved up to the Inland Empire OC area. Mm-hmm. Kind of a, a long strip. Yeah, you know? Riverside area. Exactly. <laughs> so, um, moved up here at CBU, and honestly, I'll, I'll kind of probably hopefully go into this a little bit farther along, mm-hmm. but um, I mean, a big reason we stayed, my husband and I stayed after college was because of the community. And mm. that is such a big value in our life. And so that's why we decided to stay in OC for a little longer mm-hmm. instead of moving back down to San Diego. Um, so that's a huge aspect. I'm currently an accountant. <laughs> yeah, you are. <laughs> um, and so I actually just recently moved positions. But it's kind of, it's so sweet how the Lord can use you in any way, because I'm definitely an introvert, hence the accounting job. But I still have such a passion for people and love people and do love spending time in community and think it's so important. And mm. so that's kind of the name of you. I'm kind of like a, a, I don't know how you would describe it. I jump from hobby to hobby a lot. Mm-hmm. So right now I'm on a big reading kick. Um, read over 50 books this year. I'm at 54 a couple days ago. (laughs) Crazy. Now I'm like starting like a running phase. So hopefully we'll be running a half marathon in the next year. Well, let's Wow. Yeah, we'll give it a good span, but. Oh my, wait, 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 sorry. Can we kind of go into this for uh, half a second? What yeah. other phases have you been in? Like, are you saying like running wise or <laughs> just hobbies? So we did the running, we did the reading, oh. what else? During COVID, I made my own paper from like um, paper scraps, like <laughs> that sort of thing. Uh, You've done origami, right? Yeah, I've done origami. It's a lot of like more crafty stuff. Like I used to do a lot of um, like I got into like a sewing phase. Like I have a sewing machine, uh, which I would love to get back into. But like stuff like that is usually the big kickers. I'm trying to think of anything else, but those have been thrifting. Kind of, I would say thrifting. I would say a lot of letter writing. Like I was really into letter writing in high school. And making your own envelopes. Yes, and making my own envelopes and stuff like that. Yeah, and I still will do that sometimes. But I have, like, a little craft drawer in our apartment and everything. So, like, literally, I actually need to tell you this, but I just started an Instagram for, like, uh, my hobbies. Oh, my God. <laughs> right now, it's just running and reading, though. What is it called? It's called what Laura, What's Laura Doing? Because that's Aww. my middle name. So, it's, like, so that's it's, it's so not, cute. like, um, it's, like right now. <laughs> it's not, like, specific to one certain hobby yeah because i get so into things mm-hmm. wow like kenzie knows like i gave up pastries and desserts for yes six i was gonna months. say this gal she's one of the most disciplined people i know when she puts her mind to something she will do it like like she just said she's given up desserts mm-hmm. and like pastry, like pastries, pastries for six months mm-hmm. because she just thought she needed more discipline and self-control in her life i said <laughs> what what <laughs> And she's what four months strong? Four months strong. So we got two more months. Craziness. <laughs> Sorry, I'm like I know we have questions planned, but I'm like this is, this could be a whole other episode. I'm blown away. I feel motivated now. <laughs> yes, that is one of your strongest qualities is discipline. Oh, thank you. I'm very. I'm a routine gal, so you'll mm-hmm. kind of see that in here. Yeah. I love a good routine, and so that's some ways. I always love, I'm like, 
Just do it. Yeah. <laughs> Once you start it, habit takes what? 20, 21 days? 21 days, yeah. Wow. And also, just to fill in the other context of your life right now, you got married a year ago. Oh, yes. As we mentioned. Almost yes. a year ago. Almost. This Saturday. That's right. September oh 2nd. So crazy. <laughs> and you graduated from CBU almost two two no, well, a year ago a year ago just a year ago may, yes, yes, yes. may 2022 yes yes so in those even in the last like three months we've moved apartments yes got a new job yes and i'm starting grad school craziness so hence the mental health day i took today <laughs> seriously but yeah i've just seen intentionality and dedication within the first couple minutes of this podcast <laughs> <laughs> so so yes. cool Wow. Well, I think seeing your passion and dedication for projects that are so long is so encouraging. And I think Kenza kind of shared with me how you've utilized your college years to create and foster that community, specifically being an RA. And so I am wondering, and Kenza's wondering too, <laughs> how did your heart for hosting developing college when you weren't in a typical home environment. Yeah, so I think even my first year as an RA, I was an RA to sophomores and juniors and seniors, so not freshmen. And it was during COVID mm. when we were all online, but we were allowed to live on campus. And so I was very limited in that way, but that's kind of where I did a lot of crafts. Like I made them air fresheners, <laughs> like out of felt and stuff. Oh <laughs> More crafting. Yeah, I like tried to make a newsletter. Like I just, I would make playlists. That's when I talked to you about surfaces and yeah. that whole ordeal and stuff. Like I would make playlists every month for them. So I think even just in that sense, um, it was stimulated just me having to really, to do my job, honestly, mm -hmm. um, and get really creative on how to get hours. So it's kind of selfishly, but also reaching out. But we also had a procrastinate, what was it? A procrastinate baking event. So we got like each apartment little cookies, um, a cooking set it or what is it? The package mm -hmm. for them to make. So that was Ew. how it was during COVID when there was a ton of limitations. Mm -hmm. um, but I wouldn't say necessarily all the fruit came until I was an RA for freshman, my senior year of college. And I think it's easy to go into being an RA is like, oh, I'm going to make so many friends. Um, and you do, but in the sense of like these residents are going to be my best friends, like we're going to live or we're going to stay in contact forever. But really the purpose of being an RA is making sure they're safe mm -hmm. as of number one priority. And two, this is where their first contact into college and adults mm -hmm. <laughs> away from college. And so my job it was to launch them. That's mm -hmm. all. So that's kind of where my hospitality was kind of inspired from was that I wasn't motivated by them becoming my best friends. I mm -hmm. wanted them to be, once I left them, that they were able to be functioning humans. Yeah. <laughs> I know that's a kind of extreme for the first year and stuff, but freshmen, I would say, are always super moldable. And mm -hmm. that's what you're always told. You're their first contact. And even my first night at CBU, my RA told me, you get to choose who you want to be now. And so I really took that and I was like, it is true. This is your first time adulting. This is your first time away from home. You're living on campus. You get to choose who you want to be. And so I wanted to able be able to foster that in students. Mm -hmm. So that's why I just love being an RA. 
uh, because I was able to help encourage that and foster that mm -hmm. in them. And so I would say that's the main thing. Um, and so kind of some ways I did that even was um, I trust CBU's campus. It's a very safe campus. I wouldn't always recommend this depending where you're at, but I always had my door open even when I wasn't there in my dorm. Mm -hmm. And so that way, like, even if I wasn't there, because again, this is not about me. This is not about how, like how well, like it is, I want them to be able to foster community with each other. So I want to create spaces for that. Mm -hmm. um, and even so through that, something I'm really big on is being confident in your space. So loving your space, mm -hmm. because if you're comfortable and confident in your space, you'll be able to feel more comfortable sharing it with other people. Because mm -hmm. wow. it feels welcoming to you, it'll feel welcoming to others. And so I had a really great setup, which I love. So I was like, oh, yes, come. Yeah. <laughs> and I had a TV, which a lot of students didn't have TV. So I was like, yes. <laughs> so they would literally watch movies all the time in my dorm room. And like I would come back from things because honestly, I'd be gone a lot. <laughs> yeah. Um, but they were there. They were hanging out. Or sometimes they'd just be hanging out there solo because they needed time away from their roommate. Mm -hmm. And so um, I was just, it was such a sweet, sweet year and just be able to see friendships grow within the hall uh, because of me just encouraging them to be pushed together and that uh, they have each other and just launching them off to college. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that would say it would wow. be a couple ways. <laughs> Your space was being hospitable without you even being in it. Yeah. <laughs> That's so unique. Wow. Yeah, and even like difficulties of being hospitable too, it's just, Sometimes you get frustrated because they leave trash in your dorm when you're right. out there or they leave your because like my bed was all it's a tiny dorm room. Remember, yeah. like <laughs> it was like a square. Yeah, like my couch was, I don't know, like super small, like probably tinier than a love seat. <laughs> and yeah. Then, and then I just have my bed. And so they would always like sit on my bed. And so it's just like sometimes it'd be frustrating coming back. And it's like awesome. Like every like had it on me. But then I had to remember at the end of the day, like, this isn't about me. This is about them. Mm -hmm. So if they're able to feel like this is a home and that they were able to make a deeper connection somehow with mm -hmm. some of the other girls on the hall, that's all that mattered. Like, my my duty there was to serve them, not for them to clean up my space. Mm -hmm. So. Wow. wow. Yeah, I just remember observing, again, like, that year and we would hang out and I'm like, aren't you exhausted? Like, oh, aren't I you was. on all of the time? <laughs> like you never turn off because you go home and you're with people. Yeah, and I think too, that first semester, I was so burnt out. I had such a hard semester that first mm -hmm. one that in fall, but coming back a little refreshed in the spring, I had to kind of sit back and realize I had to quote unquote, kill myself that first semester because that first semester means so much more to them. And that's mm -hmm. when everything happens compared to soft spring semester. It kind of gets a little bit more um, steady yeah. and they start doing their own thing. They don't want to be as involved with you. And, um, and so, they know what they're doing. Yeah, you have to do all the hard work on the front end yeah. in order to be even better on the second end. Mm. Yeah. So it was worth it. Yeah. And even though, even though I had that mindset that they're not all going to be my best friends, like I still keep in contact with three about three of them still mm -hmm. to, to this day which i know it's only been a year but i yeah. mean that's still pretty impressive compared to some ra relationships oh yeah. yeah yeah and i i feel like that uh season of college is very unique like that's not going to be replicated necessarily in a different season of life like 
the dorm room, like mm -hmm. literally never apart from people, there's no space, like that's a very unique season, but it definitely like trained in you, like this passion and then the character necessary to serve those girls. Yeah. So like how has that transpired? Like now that you're post-grad, you're married, how have you seen that intentionally foster hospitality in your life now? I think even one thing is that like you said earlier, you have to always be on. Mm -hmm. um, and so in that sense, like you're always being a leader and you're always being watched. And so even like now that I'm outside of college, even though I'm not living with girls all the time and they're not watching me all the time, there's still a thing called social media. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm, I'm still seeing people weekly. So you do have to have, um, have to set some examples too in that sort of way. Um, and my biggest thing is just kind of like being available I'm trying to be as available as, as possible, even though it's so hard because we love being busy mm -hmm. <laughs> in society now. Um, just being available to other people when they need it. I think even like in marriage, that's something we value a lot is community. That's one of our main values. Um, just kind of we understand that we were created as beings to be in relationship with one another. And so we um, because even in college, a lot of even us being hospitable, a lot of times looked like us going to other people's places mm. and just being involved. Um, I think it's easy to kind of get sucked into your cocoon sometimes and isolate yourself. And so even pushing yourself to even socialize, I think, can even be something that I brought from college to mm -hmm. marriage. Because I remember even in high school, I was a great isolator. I would isolate myself for days mm -hmm. because I was an introvert and I didn't want to do anything. Yeah. But then I'd get sad. Yeah. <laughs> and then I'd be like, why are they hanging out? <laughs> and I'm like, wait. And then if I push myself to go out of my comfort zone, I was like, oh, I'm actually happy. Yeah. <laughs> Who knew? Socializing that works. is yeah. the cure. <laughs> Not always, but yeah. I think that's just one of the ways too that we have kind of um, from college to marriage um, being full-time mm -hmm. also just being way more intentional you do have to be intentional again like that's why you have to push yourself to socialize way more than you have to like in college it can be so easy because if you're living on the hall half the right. girls dorms or rooms are open mm -hmm. or your best friends down like across the campus like it's, right. you can scooter over there or however you transport <laughs> yeah. um, and so you do have to be more intentional but I think even with that being said, it's so much sweeter. Mm. College is so fun, but I think uh, it's easy mm. to do that. So when you actually have to put an effort behind it, it just makes it the experience so much sweeter. Mm -hmm. Like even hosting now, I would say typically it's better to have a theme going on or whatever you like, either like cooking or dinner together or whatever it might be, like um, just something kind of like a movie night. Yeah. Or um, compared in college where you're like, oh, let me just like do homework with each other. Yeah. Which you can do now, but if people, people's lifestyles just look so different working from nine to five. Um, and so that's something that I actually had a really hard time with this year was that transition from college life um, to working full time and being married. So good luck to you too. <laughs> <laughs> Post-grad life is very hard. Yeah. It's still super sweet. Like the Lord is still so, so good and still is knows your needs, obviously, but it is a culture shock, mm -hmm. um, especially 
depending on your situation, depending like if you lived on campus or if you worked on campus, like if your whole life was college and you would just go out into the secular world, oh my gosh. <laughs> it culture shock. Culture shock. Um, but it's still so sweet because then you get to, the whole point of college, right, is to launch you. Like mm -hmm. this is like a common theme. Yeah. Um, is that you're supposed to be building these gospel skills to reach other people outside in our area. So that's been a challenge that I've been, practicing where I don't know if I'll ever say I'm good at it yeah. <laughs> um, none of us will be <laughs> at sharing the gospel like yeah. even within the workplace and so and just praying for them and opportunities too uh, because I think it's easy to want to just straight out and slap them with the gospel sometimes <laughs> but if you're working with these people for years sometimes you need a there's different steps mm -hmm. and so it's sweet to kind of see that too and just being kind. Mm -hmm. You don't understand like how different cultures, especially working in the OC area, everybody's self, more self-absorbed. <laughs> Bella <And> would agree. <laughs> I can fall under that too, of course, especially when you're learning what work is after college mm -hmm. and you're trying to learn what that looks like from a secular standpoint. It's confusing. Mm -hmm. You do have to um, definitely remember truth and keep repeating truth in your head mm -hmm. and remembering to be hospitable in the workplace too and just not being so self-absorbed mm -hmm. like actually caring about other people it's kind of like a new idea <laughs> it's like out there yeah wow sorry that's that, so good yeah good old ramble right love there. it no <laughs> no that's so cool especially like when you think about being in college and you know, you have your own space and you're able to kind of control that environment because you're like, I'm not married. Like, I'm just worried about me, myself and I and like my residents that I'm taking care of. And so I think there's less things that you have to consider. But now in this new season of life that you're in, being married, sharing a space with someone, how has your view of hospitality shifted since being married? Yeah, well, I would say definitely it takes a team. Like, even if you weren't married and you have roommates and, or your parents, um, in my case, a spouse, uh, you have to c deeply consider them, especially because, again, like I highly, highly value you feeling confident and comfortable in your space. Something that's been so just sweet from the Lord that has happened in the last couple months is that we were actually able to move. And I love our apartment so much more. And it just makes me so much happier and feeling just a place that I can come home to and really decompress. Mm -hmm. And so even though the point of hospitality is to make others feel comfortable and welcome, right, is to bring people in. Um, but you also have to remember the other people you live with, that's also the purpose of the space for. Mm -hmm. And so I think just understanding that sometimes they need their comfortable and safe place at that time and taking that in consideration even though you do want to welcome people in. Mm -hmm. So it definitely takes a team. Um, every time, anytime somebody comes over, <laughs> Manny, like since I work full time, he works full time too, but we have very different schedules. And so he'll actually sometimes like clean the space or, and we'll like tag team it very much. So even if we're not there at the same time, mm -hmm. he'll help prep dinner or tell me what I'm cooking for dinner because <laughs> he's definitely the cook. <laughs> And so yeah. even though he's not here most of the time because he does typically work in the evenings, um, he's like behind the scenes, you mm -hmm. know, it's like how you always hear it, like, 
how sometimes people uh, work behind the scenes and you know, don't get the credit. He's definitely one of those people for me. Mm. Um, and so it takes, it definitely takes a village <laughs> to even be hospitable sometimes. Yeah. And so I would say that's one of the ways. In a good way too, um, it's helped establish boundaries with guests. Mm. Uh, because even in college, I did set boundaries with my residents. But there was times where they would be there, you know, around midnight. I'm ready to go to bed. So I crawl into bed, try falling asleep. And they're like, oh, I think maybe. And they'll stay in there for like maybe like an hour or more <laughs> longer. Like, well, I'm trying to fall asleep. So you're like, is this not a clue enough? <laughs> You're so kind. I would have just been like, please leave. I'm going to bed. But I'm like, oh, look at them. They're having a good old time. (laughs) So I think in that sense, it's helped me say no better because Mm -hmm. I have somebody else to consider too. Mm -hmm. Um, I think even there are tons of opportunities to say yes, but there's also so many opportunities to say no in a caring, healthy Mm -hmm. way. Yeah. (laughs) So I definitely think that's kind of like some of the differences, how it's different within marriage. Mm-hmm. You do have another person to consider. and But it's so much sweeter, too, because people get to see our dynamic um, and just be able to get to know us. And we really do love people. Like, even though it's most of my friends that come over, all of my friends pretty much are Manny's friends. And mm-hmm. so he'll come and talk to them and have a good old time, too. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah. And you've said that he doesn't necessarily have the same passion or like mm-hmm. excitement over hospitality as you do. But like you said, he's behind the scenes. He's just as like integral in making those moments happen for people. So like maybe do you have any more thoughts on like what are practical ways to be hospitable if the person you're living with is not, whether it's a spouse, a roommate, a parent, a brother or sister, like if they're not as keen on having people over like how can you maneuver that by like respecting them but still being hospitable i think the first thing always is praying about it Mm -hmm. and praying that even if they're not passionate about it because you guys i mean if you have two separate rooms that's easy right Mm -hmm. you can just stay to your separate rooms but when it comes to the bathroom or the kitchen um or just like the living room if you have one you know it depends on your space but um just praying that the Lord softens their heart mm. or pray for opportunities that doesn't even have to be in a home. Like you guys say that all the time. We were talking about my hobbies earlier. Yeah. I was trying, like, I was thinking about ways like I love reading. Right. Mm-hmm. And so um, just being able to talk about books with other people, that's a way of just stimulating community in that way. Mm-hmm. If you have something to talk about, um, you know, there's always book clubs or whatever it might be like, this doesn't always have to be, you can always go to events or a park or whatever it might be. Like running, there's run clubs all the time mm-hmm. that you can just take a group out of friends and just go running. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if that's always ideal, but <laughs> I think those are ways, at least if, especially if the other person definitely doesn't want somebody in their space mm-hmm. and is super hostile. Um, those are just some creative ways. Just think about people want to get to know you. I think that's something I had a hard time before in. Um, like you always ask other people questions, but they don't always ask you questions, Mm -hmm. but people do want to get to know you and they're excited when you're excited about something. Right. And so I'm sure you guys have seen that at your hospitality event last year Mm -hmm. about how many like friends just were so excited for you guys and were able to be a part of that. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's one way, but even too, if they are, they don't mind like having 
people over, I think communication. Mm -hmm. Over communicate, the better. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's the worst when you are on um, different pages. Like mm -hmm. even having a calendar on the fridge and saying like, this is what I'm having mm -hmm. somebody over. Um, like I'll clean these days for mm -hmm. that just to kind of let you know the situation. It might be harder because mm -hmm. you might be doing it solo since they might not want to be a part of it. Mm -hmm. uh, but I mean, that's just some ways that you can do it, especially in a kind way too, because you have to understand that again, like a home is a safe place for somebody. Like that's where they kind of hide away from the stresses of the world sometimes. Yeah. And so if stress is coming within their environment, they might get overwhelmed. Yeah. And so understand coming it from that perspective, it can be like a gentle conversation mm -hmm. rather than like, well, they won't let me do anything at all at all. Like mm -hmm. they won't let me do this, 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 and they're just kind of prudes. <laughs> <laughs> Um, which might be the case. I've had roommate situations like that. And you really do just have to get creative with it mm -hmm. and just pray. Yeah. Because the Lord does either he will change their heart or he will change yours. Mm -hmm. So um, either one works, right? Yeah. <laughs> that is so true. Wow. Jenny, yeah. you're just like doing <laughs> wisdom right now. I am so excited about this. No, well, you have to follow it on my Instagram now. Yeah. <laughs> we'll promote you on the podcast. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So Ken's briefly shared with me this dream that you have to combine passions of hospitality, community, business. Can you share with our listeners a little bit more about this dream that you have? What's the story behind it? And how does it reflect your ideal community? Yeah, well, I'll just kind of give a, a little snippet, you know. Mm -hmm. I want to be an overbearing RA for the rest of my life, basically. <laughs> you didn't want the job to stop. <laughs> exactly. No, well, I really do love people. Like I said before, I am introverted. I actually was an advisor before I am an was an accountant, and, and I was with students all the time, and I was involved with church after work, and then I'm married. So mm -hmm. I was burnt out by the end of the day. So I think it's it sometimes can feel discouraging um, to feel like, oh shoot, like I don't, I don't like people right now, <laughs> even though you should be serving them, mm -hmm. um, and then being able to find that balance. And so even through that, um, Ken knows too that I like depending on my space is usually how my emotions go, <laughs> and so I think being able to stimulate that for other people is so important and uh, encourage that. So hopefully one day in the future, y'all can be praying for that. <laughs> yeah. Um, that one day I can own a couple properties, hopefully within the same area. So that way they can get to know each other and have community that way. Because if, as believers, it's so easy that we have community in a church. Mm -hmm. That's where it is. Um, really, if you don't have community to church, this is blanket statement, not always the case, but it's probably your fault. <laughs> like, there's probably like some Bible study or some life group or some volunteering that you can do mm -hmm. and meet people through. Like, there's so many opportunities through or through church mm -hmm. that you can meet people. Right. But if you're not a part of a church and you're not regularly attending church, what you most people will only meet others through work 
and then just go home. Maybe a significant other that they're living with. And so they don't have that community to depend on. And there are studies that show the more community you have, the better, not necessarily wealthy, but grounded you will be, you know, mm-hmm. like the less likely you will become homeless, you know, like that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, because when you're a part of a church and you're really struggling, people will one, encourage you, pray for you, uh, or so I guess two, pray for you, three, provide financially for you, but they're not just going to pay you out, you know, they're going to help you, they're going to just help you and teach you and just encourage you in those ways. And so I think the best way to share the gospel is by getting to know somebody, right? It's through friendships. It's by understanding who they are, where they come from. And so inviting them to your table. And so if I'm able to own some properties and just really be intentional and reaching out to them, because how many landlords, they're out there, don't get me wrong, but (laughs) how many landlords, um, say happy birthday on your birthday or something you know Mm -hmm. like it takes the small things just to know that somebody out there is caring for you and is not just money hungry because it's real estate Mm -hmm. um so that's the big dream one day and two you just even going with all that like helping others create a space um and just helping them through that that they feel settled in and creating that foundation and so I still need to meet neighbors since we moved here. I haven't done it quite yet. Mm-hmm. But honestly, like we've been building our foundation before we even reach out. So we've only been here for almost a couple months. So I think we're going to do it soon. Mm-hmm. But again, like it always starts with your place. Like mm-hmm. if you feel comfortable, then you want to bring others in after that. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of the big dream. Wild, wild dream. So if anybody wants to help me out with that one, that'd be great too, is that um, those places would eventually make enough income where I could sponsor sponsor housing internationally for women that are maybe coming out of like sex trafficking or need something a little cheaper and mm-hmm. more stable mm-hmm. uh, for the longer term. Wow. So What you said about like Christians automatically having community through church, you were, we were talking about that a week ago because you don't think about that, how like, non-believers where do they meet their friends like they have friends but not to the depth of the width of what Mm -hmm. christians have access to and so like how much more should that motivate us to open our doors to non-believers specifically because it's not easy for them and two through our community and church we seek the lord's faithfulness time and time again so wouldn't we want to show the lord's faithfulness to other people through that too Mm -hmm. i mean we've even had a couple situations like last year we kind of got in a mini fender bender but couldn't afford it because we were getting married (laughs) in a couple months our church actually helped pay for some of it Mm. and i remember manny like telling some of his friends they're like your church always pays you out like you're so lucky bro (laughs) (laughs) but it's like no i mean like the lord's just so faithful to that like we prayed about it and we just generosity really does go a long way Mm -hmm. and i think even being able to show um, generosity to to other people is mind-blowing and so that's something I'm really passionate about too like I am a huge advocate for tithing oh, <laughs> yes um, because it's just a constant heart check we mm-hmm. have to be generous um, or else we become bitter mm-hmm. and, and greedy and we want to hold on tighter and that's not what the Lord wants us to do because it doesn't belong to us 
And so if we can even be generous in that sense, then we can show others generosity and they can see the Lord's goodness and faithfulness through that too. Mm-hmm. That it's like, you don't have to hoard onto and grab onto uh, everything as much as you can um, just to get by because the Lord is faithful and yeah. he'll always take care of you. Mm. Wow. Yeah, if you're generous at church, it's like consistent rhythm and routine of just being generous. So then when it comes to being generous to other people, outside of church it's just natural mm-hmm. as the lord provides obviously not with no boundaries or correct yes wisdom, of course <laughs> but yeah it's a lifestyle generosity mm-hmm. and i'm saying that as i grew up very cheap i love like when i was with my mom i'd be like she'd be like you have to pay for it oh if i wanted a new top or something mm-hmm. and i'd be like mm, how about i pay for half <laughs> like i would like grasp out to that money i would not give anything away yeah so in college i was like okay here we go we're tithing no matter if i make a hundred dollars a month or what oh my god that's so, so good discipline discipline there's that characteristic <laughs> you have to force yourself sometimes yeah and so i mean that's something that's been super interesting even like as you go into all that too like being hospitable something i've been learning a lot with that is not even with money but with your time i've mm. had a hard time tithing my time um like i do spend time with the lord but like how much time do I want to control all the time? <laughs> mm. And so even like being a hospital, it's like, oh, I never have time or you never have time for life, right? But you had to check that with the Lord yeah. all the time. Wow, especially post-grad, you're working full time. Mm-hmm. Becomes more of a commodity that we want to hoard. <laughs> yes, but if the Lord's giving us our time, why are we like counting down the minute to everything? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Genevieve, we are going to ask you the very last question that we have for you today. And because the podcast is called Always Invited, what has been the most impactful invitation you have ever received? Okay. So I would say when I, so I grew up a Christian, I really probably, I got saved around middle school. But um, again, like I was saying earlier about how like on my first night of college, I my RA told me us that like you get to choose who you become now, right? Mm-hmm. So that was an amazing opportunity. So now I get to choose one if I want to go to church or not, which mm-hmm. kind of whatever. But or two, and then two, which church do I want to go to? So I was going to this pretty um, SCBU. They call it the Big Five churches. There's like five that pretty much all students go to. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And so it's like, which big, which of the five are you going to? And so I was going to one of them. And then just weird how the Lord works sometimes and just crazy. Um, basically, one of my homemates my freshman year met um, a friend the first night we were there at college. He invited her to this small church plant that had just arrived from Tennessee <laughs> to Orange County. Yes, like literally they had all moved there in June and we started school in September. So they were fresh off the boat. <laughs> and they met and then I was friends with this a hallmate like she's still one of my best friends now and she started going there um and she invited me but i was like no i'm going to one of the five <laughs> cbu churches you know like yeah and then i was like you know what i kind of felt a little fomo so <laughs> i was like i do want to go and then she had uh, one of the girls from church invited uh her to my hallmate to breakfast 
And so I was like, can I go? <laughs> and she's like, yeah. So I kind of invited myself there, but like she had invited me before. So, you know, yeah. it all comes together. Totally. It was an invitation. <laughs> exactly. So I go to this woman's house on a Saturday morning um, at like 9 a.m. Like who does that as a college student? <laughs> and I literally fell in love with this woman. Let me tell you, she's now like my, she was my mentor, still is, but also she did our premarital counseling with her husband. Like she is just so impactful. And when I went over there for breakfast with my homie and then one other person, I was like, oh my gosh, I didn't know somebody could be so welcoming, mm -hmm. like, and so sweet. And like she asked us such like deep intentional questions, even on the first meeting. And I was like, okay, we're <laughs> gonna go to this church. <laughs> and started going and like instantly fell in love with everybody. As I was saying, like at the very beginning, Manny and I actually decided to stay in the OC area because of our church. And so, because they felt they are family to us and we have seen their seasons, they've seen our seasons. And so it's just so sweet how the Lord has orchestrated that. And we know that's not easily replicated. And so if we went back to San Diego, we'd be starting from scratch. So we're like, so our first couple years of marriage, let's start off with our, our good foundation mm -hmm. in our community because they definitely just show the love of Jesus so, so, so well. And that's what makes them so, so sweet mm -hmm. and so welcoming. And that's what makes it such an unbelievable community compared to anything I've ever seen. Mm -hmm. So because they care about the outcome more than numbers. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. Genevieve, thank you for sharing all of your wisdom and just your heart overflows in when you're talking and just how the Lord's worked in your life and his faithfulness to you and through you is evident. And I'm very thankful for your friendship. And I hope everyone listening was encouraged. I feel like you shared so many practical things that they can take. I'm taking away for sure. Um, just like how to be hospitable to your roommates and if you're married to your spouse and anyone that you're living with and just this idea of like taking hospitality wherever you go, like in the workplace and literally anywhere. So yeah, run club. Are you guys running club? <laughs> yeah, I'm trying. I'm trying to get back into it. Oh girl, you should see the Instagram. It is so slow. Like I am running 13 miles or 30, 13 miles. No, no, no. Yes. no, no. 13 minute miles. Like we are we are scooting, you know? Oh, seriously, me too. So I'll join. Same. <laughs> yes. Well, thank you so much for your time. And I just, I feel encouraged and um, just can tell your heart for others in the Lord just through the tone of passion and um, has been so cool just to get to know you, even just through Ken's and your guys' friendship and um we just also want to say thank you so much for everyone who tuned in to this week's episode. Stay tuned for exciting things in the future. And <laughs> we hope you have a great rest of your day. And remember, you're always invited.